0: Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to hundred dollars. Just visit PrizePicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at PrizePicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Massively excited uh, to have another Red Inca episode here that is in no way a Red Inca. This is the first episode of India on 99.94. Uh, obviously, I am not going to host this uh, because Indian fans would hate it if I hosted a podcast about their team. So instead, I've got someone who's going to introduce himself.
2: Yeah, I'm Nikesh Srigani, um commentator, broadcaster, journalist. Uh, do a lot of stuff with the BBC, uh, including commentaries on TMS and Radio 5 Live, uh, more recently SEN and SENZ and uh, I suppose you, you could call me a failed cricketer that's uh, following my passion still and uh, still happy to be involved in the game. Don't worry, I'll let you tell all your Stuart Broad stories on, on a future episode <laughs> uh, when you
1: have them. And then we have your co-host, who is?
3: I'm Sara Varis. I'm currently uh, with Wisden, uh, just been writing for the last few years. Terrible tweeter, delete more than I tweet. And uh, love KKR, hate KKR. That's just, you know, wrapping it up.
1: Don't worry, we'll get to your KKR. I was going to say obsession, but I'm not sure that's the right word. Your KKR sickness uh, later on in the podcast. (laughs) Uh, First, I just want to say how excited I am to have both of you. You know, I'm big fans. Obviously, Nikesh, we've worked uh, together a lot. Um, Sarah, we've been, you know... um, Uh, chatting for quite a while and I've been trying to, you know, bring you on to 99.94. So it's very exciting that we finally get the chance to start this podcast and and get you two uh, together. I know you're meeting for the first time today. I'm sure you probably tweeted at each other. You know, Nikesh, you've probably been angry with uh, Sarah's nonsense KKR tweets like the rest (laughs) of us are. But, um, you know, it's great to bring you both together. What I really want to talk about is, I think, you know, we started the West Indies podcast first kind of like we literally hired the only two people doing a West Indies podcast to do another West Indies podcast for us. That's not quite the case with India. There is almost too much coverage of the Indian team so far, Nikesh. It's actually
2: it's hard to sort of digest it all, wouldn't you say? It is, yeah. And um, I mean, I suppose that's evident when you cover an, an Indian cricket tour in, say, England, for example, where I'm based, and uh, you, you get a massive contingent. It was a little bit different this summer with just the one test match and then just uh, uh, some limited overs games as well. But when there's a full tour, you get a massive entourage of uh, Indian journalists. You've not heard of half of the publications that they come from or the websites or the podcasts they do. And there's just so many and so much scrutiny on that Indian cricket team as well. It's it's like a media circus, really. And uh, I suppose the big challenge that everyone in the Indian media has is How do they make their publication different or their article different or their podcast different? And, you know, we're hopefully aiming to do something a little bit different with this podcast and, and, you know, plug a a slight gap in that market as well. Um, but yeah, certainly a lot of competition out there, um, to try and get the headline, to try and get the story, to, to try and get the viewers and the listeners ultimately. And sorry,
1: your, you know, you're with Wisdom. Before that, you are with Cricket Ecstasy. We'll talk about that later, but you've kind of been at the forefront of the news and the aggregation model. It does feel like the majority of Indian, oh, there's basically three ways to put it up, but the majority of the, the coverage is really news and aggregation now. You know, um, uh, Wazim Jaffa says something on Twitter and there's seven articles based on that. And then Michael Vaughan replies to him on Twitter and there's four more articles on that. that. That seems to be the majority of the coverage of the Indian team right now, isn't it?
3: I agree. So the I think the main issue is how do you stand out, as Nikesh said. Uh, there is so much to do and probably it's difficult for the journalists as well, you know, upcoming journalists to even break out because there's so much competition, just like the cricketers, even so many journalists, they have so much of talent also. So uh, it's difficult for uh, the news channels. It's difficult for new cricket journalists also to make a mark and come out and show what potential they have and how they are different
1: no for sure nfl sunday ticket is now on
0: youtube and youtube tv which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hosting a summer barbecue? A backyard movie night? A slip-and-slide party? Serving up Aperol spritzes? Whatever you're hosting, don't do it without Drizzly, your go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered to your door. Boom, hosting handled. Now, before you get back to folding napkins, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations.
1: And Nikesh, I think the other thing is sort of the the hot take industry seems to be at its absolute spiciest in india um my you know my favorite thing you've probably seen this in the nets too when the there'll be a camera uh will they'll be set up right outside the nets and there'll be this really angry host like absolutely spewing his hot takes as the players are behind him in the nets and they can hear him you know slagging them off that that again feels and, and part of it is just a numbers game isn't it There's so many there's so much yep. press in india but it does feel like that you know as as sarah said there to to stand out above the crowd, you do really need to say something quite provocative at times.
2: Yes, you do. But then you, I suppose there are so many different markets out there, aren't there? There's, there's the hardcore traditional cricket fan who won't be impressed by things like that. But then there's your sort of casual viewer who's really intrigued by these headlines or, or the, the anger in this uh, presenter's voice and the fact he's slagging off a, a certain batter or, or a bowler or whatever it might be. Um, in the nets. And uh, here's a question for Sarah. actually, on the back of this. What actually quantifies a, a journalist? in, in do, do you have to go through a formal qualification? Like in the UK, most journalist jobs you wouldn't get unless you've either got a journalism degree or you've done some sort of course in journalism. Is that the case in India as well? Or, or is there a different route? Because you, you see a lot of these guys and I mean, you know, journalistic ethics and, and, you know, normal sort of ways of doing things as a journalist the world over don't seem to always be the case in South Asia and particularly India sometimes.
3: So I don't have any journalistic degree. I did English literature, uh, master's in English, and uh, I just had a flair for writing and probably got lucky and that's how I'm here. I think uh, the point that not a lot of organized because there's so many organizations and all of them need writers. So not many will do a course in journalism. So probably out of passion, there are many young 15, 16, 17 year olds who are currently writing. It's just a, you know, passion side hobby. Uh, So it's not necessary that they have a course in journalism. Uh, Also, because if people Organizations rely on just hiring people with a degree. There won't be many people who are writing.
2: I suppose what I'm getting at is: yeah. do they, once they start their journalism career, then even if they haven't got any qualifications at that point, yeah. do they then get some sort of training? Do they then get trained in media law and ethics and and all that kind of stuff? Because sometimes, you know, you do see people just openly slagging yeah. off players from the Indian cricket team, whether it be the men's team, the women's team, yeah. and you can't really do that, you know. I mean, yeah, we we see it in tabloids in England, in Australia as well, but, you know, there's always a certain line and and sometimes that line seems to be crossed by a certain few.
3: Yeah, I think uh, the traditional uh, media houses like uh, newspapers, for example, they have this morality code in place, but I don't think that that is the uh, process that's followed in digital media. Uh, digital media relies on clickbait. There are so often there are many times when, you know, the content of the article is totally different and the headline is totally misleading just to attract uh, viewers because they have to stand out. Uh, and another thing probably is the people are not trained to do proper journalism. Uh, They don't know what is right, what should be reported, what should not be reported. Because most of them are engineers or probably, you know, they're still pursuing some other degree in college. And they've just taken up journalism or writing as a side hobby. So uh, they don't really know what should be done, what should not be reported. So um, I don't think there's... That is why I think there's so much of scrutiny as to what goes on behind... uh, everything that a player tweets or just you know connecting the doors from here to there and, and
2: obviously not not everyone is like that we, we have to say that you know that there are some really outstanding journalists um on the yeah. Indian cricket circuit as well and I've met many of them over my time covering cricket as well so you know it's, it's not that everybody follows those standards but just yeah. because there are so many it's mm-hmm. it's just a really interesting world
1: no I think it's it's as much as anything, I think a lot of people would, you know, as someone who's covered all the cricket teams in the world, people will say, oh, Indian fans are the worst or Indian media is worse. And it's like, no, there are more Indian fans. And there are more. Me- the most vicious yeah. fans are generally West Indian fans. It's just that there aren't many West Indian <laughs> fans, so it doesn't matter. And, and in fact, you know, the Zimbabwe press was some of the most incredibly outrageous things that have ever been said about players have come out of the Zimbabwe press. But how often does that get media? Whereas, in india these sorts of things that they do go and and i think i think that um sarah's right i think the sort of traditional side of indian media we we might all still have our problems with with the main the mainstream media but they go about it the right way but there is this new way this sort of aggregation model of michael Vaughn says this and this is now an article and, and and they throw some punches out there make sure it's clickbaity. and i think what we're trying to do here is analysis that's the kind of the 99.94 thing of this is happening cricket why has it happened? Does it make sense it's happened? What's the backstory and all that sort of thing? That's really where we're going, uh, Nikesh. And I know that, you know, that, that's a big thing that having broadcast with you a lot, That that's certainly what I've seen from you is you bring a lot of context to sort of
2: everything that you say. Yeah, well, that, I, I feel that's what it's about. And, you know, as you and I and, and Sarah as well, you know, we're all cricket fans. We, we've grown up with the game. We love the game. And it's all about the game. And it's not about these these extra things like the tweets and yeah the tweets will talk about it off air perhaps and it'll be a <laughs> you know so, sometimes we'll have a laugh and a joke about certain things. Um but when it comes to sort of analysing the game, that that is what people really want. You know, India, say for example, touring a certain country and uh, you know, the batters, they can't play left arm seamers. Why can't they play left arm seamers? We'll delve into that a little bit um, or, you know, why, why have India not got any decent death bowlers? You know, that, that's up for debate at the moment. Obviously, Boomer is an excellent but bo- You know, this is just, these are just examples, but mm. these are the things that, that people want to know. You know, there's a World Cup on the horizon. What is India's best 11 and why does it have to be a certain way for that tournament in Australia uh, and things like that? So th- these are the things which we feel are important and uh, we'd, we'd like to talk about and delve into a little bit deeper.
1: Yeah, and and Sarah, one reason that I I thought that you'd be quite interested in this sort of position is that you've probably been in a lot of sort of more news aggregator. So you know a lot of what is happening in Indian cricket, but a a lot of the times you do have to write those sort of quick snap pieces, don't you, um, that go out. But you actually have a lot of thoughts on the game itself and how it is played and how it is run. That's really what I wanted to give you space to be able to talk about on this podcast.
3: Yeah, so I've never really covered any match from the stadium so uh, i don't really know what goes on behind you know unless what i see like a court is there and i have to pick up the history of the court and why he could be saying that etc etc i've never really covered a match from the stadium so probably i'm a part of the news aggregator uh, club so to say uh, but we are really excited to be here and this is my first time ever doing a podcast. So please be patient with me and I hope I grow as I...
1: Wouldn't it be really funny if I sacked you midway through? Like, wouldn't that be just a hilarious... No, I'm not going to do that. Let's talk a, sorry, a, little, a little bit about your your journey. Um, I, I mean, I know Nikesha's a little bit more, but you, you came into, um... You came into cricket media almost with um almost by default after what happened with Delete Premachandran and his nonsense and everything that he did. But what's your backstory kind of before that? You you were trying to get involved with was that Wisdom India that you were trying to work for at the time?
3: So just before that he had offered me a role in Wisdom India. I was still in college then. I told him I'm not interested to, you know, um, Leave and shift to Bangalore because I was still in college, and I had no intention, so that's how he offered me the role, and he was very persistent and i f- like then I brought up the story, and very ironically, just four years later, I'm in wisdom, so That's how it
1: was. Yeah, for those who don't uh, know the story, so delete basically ruined his career by um, making a fake persona on Facebook to try and woo um, Sarah's heart, and that basically ended his career. But you're right, it is kind of interesting that you've ended up back at Wisden properly. But did you always want to get involved? I mean, you said you studied English literature. Um, Did you always want to get involved with cricket and cricket writing?
3: Not at all. So... My father hated cricket. I had no brothers. I went to an all-girls school. I had no... All-girls school people don't play cricket. I didn't know what cricket was till I was probably 13 or 14. I didn't watch the 2007 World Cup. I took up watching cricket in 2008 proper. So it was never a career option in India, especially, you know, in an Orthodox family. It's never a career option, especially a girl going into cricket. There's no background. No one knows anything. Uh, I just took up writing. I I like writing. I continued writing. And one gig led to another. It just happened.
1: (laughs) You're selling yourself a little bit short because when you did get involved, you did actually set up Crick Ecstasy. And that has gone on to be, I mean, Crick Ecstasy, it is a news aggregator, I suppose, as much as anything these days. But it's an incredible... Uh, quick growing uh, Indian cricket website and almost every time I search any random cricket term they seem to uh, they seem to come up so you must have excellent SEO so what was the idea bef- behind um, founding that?
3: We just wanted to do something which you know was our own we, which we could run according to what we wanted we as in Rohit Shankar and Prasenjit Day uh, we were all freelancers but With freelancing, sometimes it happens that you have to write only what the others want you to write. Uh, There is hardly any scope for individuality there. Obviously, there are a few websites which do give that opportunity. But we still wanted to do something which we could run on our own according to our terms, according to how we wanted. So that's how this idea came up. Uh, Prohit and Prasanji, they gave up their jobs to... uh, do this full-time I was already uh, in college then so it was pretty easy for me and uh, yeah that's how it happened and that that's how it's growing we launched this in 2018 yeah four years
1: yeah I think it's done really really well in that time um you said before you started watching cricket in 2008 and we've already mentioned that you're a KKR super fan KKR super hater (laughs) Is it, did you get into cricket via KKR or was it the Indian team or something else? No,
3: I started watching, I follow the 2017 T20 World Cup. I didn't have cable back then, so I was just following it on radio. And then there was the series, uh, CB series in 2008. So that's how you, it got me whole cricket ponding saying we won't need more than two matches in the final to defeat India and India defeated Australia in two matches. So, you know, all that just got me interested and seeing Sachin and Thony. I was a big Thony fan then. So it just got me hooked. And KKR was a means, but not the direct, like, not because of KKR. But it really helped in.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Getting yeah, I'm not sure you could ever say that KKR has helped you in any way um, following your career. But uh, that's
3: what is very. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry. No, you go.
3: I'm saying what is very funny is uh, KKR's first match. I didn't see. I didn't have cable then. Brendan McClum's 158. I didn't watch that match. And that after that, I think I've seen probably all matches. But that's the only time KKR backdoor has scored a
0: century so i
1: think it's me <laughs> i didn't know that i remember that game but i don't i didn't realize that was the only time uh that that shows what a absolute yeah. geek you are for kkr uh, nikesh what i would like you to do is obviously you grew up playing cricket and uh you you know always tell me that you probably should have gone on um as as a as a star batter but it didn't quite happen for you, you say it more than me jared i do i like to make fun of you quite as much as i can um <laughs> I would like you to do two things for me. I would like you to explain what the Tebbit test is in the UK and then
2: how you fail it specifically. (laughs) So Norman Tebbit was uh, a politician um, back in the sort of 60s and 70s, a Conservative MP who basically came up with this test. He called, well, he didn't call it the Tebbit test. It was dubbed the Tebbit test. And he basically was talking about integration from uh, particularly South Asians into the UK and saying that in order for them to fully integrate, they've got to leave behind their cricket teams, i.e., India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and support England. And if they support the England cricket team, then they are integrated. They are fully English, British, whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure if, if you live in Scotland and you support England, if that would go down too well. But anyway, <laughs> um, that that was his theory behind it. And um, basically, most British Asians, as you probably know, fail the Tebbit Test, as it's called, and fail it with, with pride, really, um, because they they stick to their countries of origin. And, you know, it's it's like football teams in the UK. Cricket teams are also passed down by previous generations, by your, your parents, for example. And, you know, I, I did have a choice. I, I could have supported England. You know, my dad didn't drill it down my throat that I had to support India. Um, But, you know, I just kind of followed what what he followed and and we didn't get a lot of Indian cricket in England back in those days with TV rights and things. So you'd have to often follow the text somewhere or there was a show on a Sunday on Channel 4 Trans World Sport where you used to Mm. occasionally get some highlights in the 90s from an Indian test series, which was fascinating for us. You know, you hear about this guy, Sachin Tendulkar, I, I never really saw him play until India toured in 1996 and I was just a little kid then so I don't remember too much about that tour either but it was just fascinating to just see these little snippets of Indian cricket whenever possible and follow it as closely as you could. Um But yeah it's just been the case that a lot of South Asians who've uh, migrated to the UK over the decades and, and have been here for many many years end up supporting the country of their heritage and I suppose it's the one way to for them to sort of hold on to their culture a little bit just by, you know, supporting India in the cricket and, and supporting England in pretty much everything else as well, it has to be said. So it's an interesting concept. And uh, that's the reason why you see so many fans turn up whenever India or Pakistan or, or the other sides tour England as well. So uh, so yeah, that's that's basically the Tebbit test. I actually interviewed Norman Tebbit for the BBC. Uh, he's probably in his 90s and Still got the same views, still still pretty racist, uh, you know, he came across and uh, sort of called me a strange, curious fellow for for putting across the argument that it doesn't matter who you're supporting cricket, you can still integrate into the into the u k He just wasn't having it, so you know some some people never change but uh, yeah people people have been failing it with flying colors and, and with pride for years.
1: I think you're a strange, curious fellow separate to all that <laughs> if i'm being honest
2: uh you mentioned the bbc there was bbc
1: your first uh uh, uh bre- break into uh, cricket
2: media yes um so uh, i did a broadcast journalism degree when i knew i wasn't gonna make it as a, a cricketer sort of uh, when i was about sort of 16 17 in the academy at leicestershire county cricket club and um you know was wasn't going to get a pro contract, didn't go to any other county to try. I just decided I'm going to do a journalism degree. I want to become a, a cricket journalist, cricket commentator. Um, also cover football as well. So did the degree, freelanced at the BBC a little bit and then got a job at the BBC Asian Network. And then in 2009, quite soon after that, um, I was given the opportunity to go and cover the 2009 World T20, as it was called then, in England, which was... Fantastic. So I never really sort of came through the system, covered county cricket and then sort of worked my way up to international cricket. It was straight thrown into international cricket, which was fantastic. Got to, you know, watch uh, some some great cricket in that tournament and uh, sort of never really looked back. And it was a lot of BBC Asian network for the next few years covering tests, ODIs, T20s. Um, and then got involved uh, with TMS, uh, Test Match Special and Five Live, went to the 2015 Australian uh, World Cup down there, uh, had, had loads of fun doing that. And uh, more recently, SEN as well. So uh, yeah, it's been quite some journey. There's been a lot of podcasting along the way for the BBC, for Wisden more recently, uh, since I've gone freelancer in the last few years. And now this, so uh, excited about the journey.
1: And you've done, what, last couple of years of IPL commentary? Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, we've been covering, actually, for the last four seasons on four, uh, yeah. on the BBC. Um, so since 2019. Um, so this was the fourth season that we've just covered. And yeah, they're, they're really happy with it. We we get a lot of uh, good figures, a different audience to what they normally get on Test Match Special. So uh, they're, they're trying to get a lot more sort of British, South Asians uh, and Indians uh, in particular listening to their coverage, it uh, seems to have gone down well, and uh, it, it kind of helps you, I suppose, when you're commentating on 30 matches a season, which which I was, um, just to keep across everything uh, with with uh, sort of you know more of a, a fine tooth comb. Yeah, I think one of the reasons
1: I thought you'd be really interesting for this podcast is because there are there's a sort of a tribalism from regional and and um, you know within India, and obviously you know Sarah is. I'm um, going to just be talking about Kolkata players all the time, as, as is a normal thing in uh, Indian broadcasting. But because you're an outsider, but you're still a massive fan, your, your knowledge of Indian cricket is you know, right up there with, you know, the, the very top super nerds that I know, like, you know, Sid Monger and, 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 and Barra and those sorts of people. But you're an outsider as well. You know, you do come from an in an Indian family, but you are brought up in England and play cricket in England and I've oh, got your broadcasting career in England. I actually thought that might be an interesting thing to be able to throw you into this podcast. Is that something that you you sort of um you know see as
2: a strength here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's 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 kind of from the outside looking in, as you say, but then that sort of vested interest in Indian cricket ever since I was a kid and and that that is, you know, it's if I was to log on to Crick Info and England were playing, Australia were playing, and India were playing. The, the Indian scorecard is the first one I'd go to. It's just, it's just habit. It's just how it is. And, and that, that is where my, my interest lies. That's the priority. I also, you know, love English cricket and follow all cricket uh, as much as I possibly can. But yeah, Indian cricket is, is the one for me. But yeah, it's a different perspective, I suppose, when you're not from Kolkata, you're not from Mumbai, you, you, you've never lived in any of these places and you don't have such an affiliation with a certain region, um, or a certain IPL team or whatever it might be. I mean, there was a lot of politics, uh, in, in Indian selection in years gone by, wasn't there? I mean, some would argue it still goes on now with, <laughs> you know, players from Mumbai being selected, uh, you know, in, in preference for a certain period of time based on who the head selector was at the time. And then the next year they've changed that up and then players from Bengal are being chosen because it's Jagmohan Dalmia's BCCI and, and whatever it might be. So, you know, take that all away. i hopefully give you a, a sort of objective point of view on, on everything that's happening in Indian cricket at the moment. Um, but it has to be said, you know, I, I'm from a Gujarati background. I was quite pleased with the Gujarat Titans' victory in the IPL, but don't say it too loud.
1: No, it's okay I mean, we are all fans of various things uh, And uh, we understand that But uh, I just think I I think it's great Uh, I love the idea of pairing you two together And seeing how you go um, really excited, very, you know, from me and the whole 99.94 crew, and you've been on some of the WhatsApp, so you know, there's a billion of us already in the back, in the background, making sure that, uh, that all this works, uh, we'll be getting you, you know, more and more, um, uh, quality microphones and everything to be able to bump it up. Um, but it's absolutely, it's so exciting for us to have it, you know, the second, Pod, well, the second non-me podcast on 99.94, although I am on this episode. But I won't be on any of the others unless, uh, I, unless I need to pinch it or come in for a speciality if one, uh, if someone needs me to, to come on. But I think it's great to have uh, both of you here. It's going to be three times a week. Um, and just super excited to have both of you. Is there anything that you want to leave the fans hanging on, uh, Nikesh or Sarah, before we, we head off and you guys prepare for your first episode on your own?
2: Just thanks for listening and, and do tune in because you search for, for Indian cricket podcasts and, and there are one or two out there and, and they're sort of fan-led and, and they're very good at what they do in particular. But what we want to give you is something completely different. And I've searched far and wide for for trying to listen to an Indian cricket podcast um, after a series, to preview a series. And I never get what I want. And hopefully we can give you what you want, what you need And give you all the information, give you all the analysis and and talk about what you want to talk about. Ultimately, you guys want to see India winning these tournaments, want to see India winning series uh, abroad uh, in South Africa and places like that. We'll tell you the reasons why they haven't, what they could do to give them a better chance and and all those kind of things. So, uh, yeah, do do stay tuned and uh, hopefully uh, you'll you'll get hooked and, and you'll be with us three times a week.
1: Uh oh, that sounds awesome. Remember, if you're listening to this on Red Inca podcast or on my YouTube, we now have a dedicated podcast out there, and also 99.94 has a YouTube channel. So just search for India on 99.94 on whichever podcast platforms you like, or go to our YouTube channel. Uh, plus, you can also find all the episodes from these two lovely people on the 99.94 app, But either way, just subscribe, share, like, and hopefully you enjoy uh, the cricket analysis on the Indian side three times a week. Thank you very much for joining me on your podcast. Thanks for listening to Red Inca on 99.94. For more information about us, go to 99.94dm.com. You can now download us wherever you find your apps just by putting in 99.94. There'll be other cricket podcasts not actually hosted by me, and there'll also be some radio commentary coming soon. Red Inca is made by me, Jared Kimber. Nick McCorriston makes the best audio anyone can from random Zoom calls. Mukunja Reddy is in charge of our video side. Orijoti Senpathi turns the files into video podcasts. And Shibanka Patacharya makes our graphics. Our theme tune is called The Prisoner by the Red Cricket.
3: Podcast Network.